1: Warning, Derek and I are not survival experts. All advice in this episode should be tempered with further research, and Derek's thoughts should be completely disregarded.
2: Hey, Backbagging and Blisters! With me today is the only man who will put poison ivy in his own salad
1: to eat, Carl Mandrioli. (laughs) What's up, buddy? <laughs> oh, not much, my friend. That was good. I know you like that one. Yeah, you like that one. Salad. Salad. Some, some leafy greens there. Leaves of three. Indeed.
2: Indeed. Indeed.
1: All right. Derek is with me today. He's a man whose worst case scenario is being stuck in second gear when it hasn't been his day, his week, his month, or even his year. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there for you, Derek. S- I, there, I get maybe. where you're going with that. The Friends theme song, <laughs>
2: I'll be uh, that was those. Uh, I'll be there for you. You're always stuck in second gear
1: when the rain starts to fall.
2: For yeah. our international fans, I apologize. Uh, unless you've seen the
1: show Friends, and it's not about Friends. It's about a famous song that. Who's the artist? Th- it's called the Rembrandts. Uh, okay. I was thinking Metallica, but
2: <laughs> Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> Google Friends show theme song. You guys will figure out. Hopefully what he's
1: talking about. <laughs> um well done, sir. Well done. today we got the worst case scenario podcast handbook, my friend. What are you thinking about that? I I
2: enjoyed. I enjoyed this. Yeah. Um you know, there's so many worst case scenarios um, in these books that are so fun do to you have just the check out. What? Do you yeah, have, have the book?
1: book? I have it right in front of me. Like yeah, do you own great. the book? I own it. Okay. Yes. I actually checked out three versions of this book from the library. You
2: still go to the library? I think that's wonderful. Okay.
1: <laughs> Here in Castro the library is awesome. So we got all sorts of stuff. Especially, I believe for kids. you actually.
2: Yeah. yeah, I believe you. Um, yeah, so there was tons of sports case scenarios. I think we tried to to gear them towards outdoorsy type stuff, right? And I um, hope
1: so, since this is the back. I don't know of the what you podcast. did. I hope so. You know,
2: I don't. I don't. I'm not sure what you did. I think well, I did a lot of you... research.
1: I actually posted some stuff on Facebook to see. Kind of where people were at and what their worst case scenarios involved and what kind of, I guess. You told
2: me you wanted to do, there's a worst case scenario called how to ram a car and then Mm. how to, you know, win a sword fight. I'm like, these aren't good. Those were in the books. You're right. Yeah. I don't want to, you didn't want to, we'll save those for later. Yeah. All right. Um, Well, today, my friend is brought to us by Summit Strength. You get a lot of knee pain on the trail. You need, uh, you get altitude sickness on the trail. You need help. Call up not call up, check out summitstrength.com.au and do a little research. They have a lot of online programs to help you get
1: better and stronger on the trail, mm. summitstrength.com. Yeah. One of those was one of my worst case scenarios that you just mentioned, actually. The knee pain? Uh, you're going to find out. You're going to find out.
2: Oh, the altitude, yeah. All
1: right. Uh, verse yeah. of the day, Psalm 27, 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold mm. of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? So are you, Derek, afraid of encountering any of the scenarios that are on your list? I think it would be crazy not to. Well, I'm, I just give you a Bible verse suggesting that you should not be afraid, and you're saying that you're afraid.
2: My human nature would cause me to be afraid, I think, in a heated moment. Yeah. But I think if it's... Um... I think I, you know, I have confidence in, in, in the Lord and myself to
1: get through quite a few of these,
2: but there are some that uh, I'd have no idea what to do.
1: So you're pretty cool under pressure, my friend, but don't confuse having your adrenaline pumping for fear. Uh, You know, I don't. I don't feel like I do. Okay. What about you?
2: You're just not going to be afraid of any of these things? You're totally good?
1: I think my adrenaline's going to be pumping for sure, but I'm trying to... On my list... There might be one that would be a little bit disconcerting, but what about how to leap from a motorcycle to a car? Could you do that? You're just going through the book right now, aren't you? Things out. I think the one that would these are not the ones that we're talking about today. This is not what we're talking about.
2: I know, but okay. I'm just I'm just looking at this and I think you would have the most difficulty with. Ready okay. for it? Drum roll. How to t- yeah. how to take a punch. Could you take a punch? Do
1: we want to change this episode to be us listening to you read through the table of contents of the book? I'm sensing an avoidance. <laughs> you're avoiding the question, and that tells me you're afraid. These are not what we're talking about. I'll, you can evaluate <laughs> wh- where I might be afraid when I go through my list. But, but real quick, when I put it out there on various sites, the, the, I kind of categorized the responses, and most people were afraid of either animal attacks um, mm. or threats of the animal attacks, or having a trail injury, mm-hmm. um, not a, like these are their worst case scenarios. Some of them, peop- some people interpreted that as like what would be your worst case scenario and what has been your worst case scenario. Right, right, right. There were some folks that kind of had some gear related ones, and so I'm going to highlight some that were on our Facebook page. Here's what I want you to do: which which one do you think would be your worst case scenario of the of the ones that are uh, fellow adventurers listed here? Okay. All right. So we got Roy, whose friend lost part of his filtration system down a stream. And they only had one? <laughs> is he, that's a good question. I think they only had one, yeah. I, it wasn't the filter part itself. It was like the Kanak the bag. Katie and Jennifer had issues for getting their stove or kind of miscommunicating mm. with their friends about bringing the stove on the trip. And that's tough. some trips bigger than others. Amy lost some gear. This is kind of like a double whammy here. She lost some gear while Ooh. tumbling down the side of a cliff. Ooh. I think I'm like oversimplifying that one. Andrew carried gear for some slow-motion hikers... Who remained slow motion after carrying some or all of their gear? Ugh, that. And then Steve ran out of water on his like personal FKT. He had like a long day. I'll mention that later. So hmm. kind of I think he had a long stop between water sources. Which one's the worst? Uh forgetting the stove would be terrible for sure. Um, I think
2: it I think it has to be one of the water ones, though. I mean, okay. without water, it's just it might like be well. Yeah. I think if I lost my filtration system, if that's the only thing, that would not be
1: enjoyable. I mean, I guess I could boil water though. It's not really that big of a deal. I would rather lo- forget the stove than lose the filter, because yeah. because the stove, especially, like you can just you know make it kind of wrecks your pot or your pan, but you can make a fire and just cook on that, right? Yeah, you could. So yeah, I guess you could do that unless you're bringing a jet boil and forget the whole system. And you don't have a pot, but that's a whole separate that's issue. That's True.
2: Yeah, the, it, it would just be way more annoying and way right. You know, so I think that, I think if I fell down and lost my gear, I think I, if it was gear gear, I think I could tough that out, but okay, it's like, it can, I would think it usually comes down to like water, food stuff. Well, we
1: are good at forgetting gear, so I think we're good at we making are. do. We are. And by we, I mean like our entire group, so. Check. All right, That's so right. we went through these worst case scenario books. So we pulled three each, and we're hoping that they're unique, and let's challenge each other, so. I'll let you go, I'm going to let you go first. I kind of want to see where you go with this. All right. The first one I chose was how to survive a wolf attack. <laughs> wolf attack. Okay. <laughs> okay. Why are you laughing at that? It's just, you know. Like it couldn't happen? No,
2: it definitely could happen for sure.
1: All right. We were hiking on a trip one year, and I have this strange skill of being able to identify scat, and we came across some scat, and I was like, that's wolf scat. But we've never been hiking in wolf country before, so I'm like, I must be wrong on that. And then our buddy Eric was like, nope, that's wolf scat. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, we're in Montana. Like, they have wolves up here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But like, I'm not used to that. I'm not used to, you know, that was my first time there. Right. So I think it's important to know, especially if it's in the wintertime, because there's some strategy the wolves have there. So what would you do? Get a pack of wolves that are threatening you. Mm. What are your thoughts? Prey, number one. Yeah, definitely. That's true for all these. I would, yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Um, A pack of wolves, and they're just surrounding me? I don't want to get too specific here because, I mean, because this could play, like there's so many different ways this could play out. Just kind of generally speaking, any thoughts Mm. you have about kind of wolves in your area that you're not sure what's going to happen? I think one thing I would do
2: is, you know, do the whole thing. Like if I'm wearing a, you know, I try to look as big as I can, maybe grab a big branch or stick and just make a lot of noise and be like, I don't know, just be aggressive and not, not like attack them, but just kind of not. Not
1: show any sign of weakness, I guess. You know what I mean? Um, Okay. I think then... So basically be yourself, because you're usually like... You put up this really strong front, but (laughs) internally you're very (laughs) vulnerable. All bark, no bite. (laughs) Uh, I
2: think... Yeah, so I think after establishing dominance... No, it's kind of making that uh, loud stand. I think then I would try to find... I don't know, some type of... uh, It depends. Like, do I... I guess I could try to find some type of like high ground, or could they cross a river? I don't know. Like you're not sure if a wolf could cross a river. I don't think so. Well, I don't know. Like am I in the winter? How deep is it? Is it shallow? I mean, what are they gonna do? So I
1: try to I try to cross something or get over something that they can't follow me with. Does that make sense? I think I think you're on the right track there. I you know just from watching movies, I always thought you know if you have a campfire going, the fire scares the wolves. But in reading the books, Mm, that did not come up actually the terrain was important you mentioned that wolves will actually chase their prey especially in the winter time into onto like unstable terrain so like into deep snow or onto unstable ice where they can kind of fall through so Mm -hmm. that it's easier for them to attack so you got to be aware of your terrain um if you observe Mm -hmm. their posture uh, like their Mm tails straight Mm -hmm. up in the air and ears pricked means like get ready to rumble because they're coming after you and if there's a pack and you, mm-hmm. they're just going to be attacking. you you got to go after one of them. Apparently that might be enough to, to fend off the entire pack if you're causing some damage. And the stick thing was good because you're supposed to Take throw sticks down. and rocks. But they are going to actually, they tend to go after your legs to try to hobble you. So if they start kind of biting down there, you got to kick mm. as hard as you can. Yeah, just, Do just start damage. throwing kicks like crazy. Yeah,
2: like karate kicks. Street fighter total kicks, yeah. Right, like sweep their um, legs. Yeah, that's good.
1: That's okay. uh, that would so, be intense for sure. So, so generally speaking, how to survive a wolf attack? Yeah, they don't generally attack, but uh, I got a notification from Jesse who, and I sh- and my wife saw this elsewhere where there was like a wolf who attacked somebody in their tent recently. So, jeez if you want to? That's not common, but if you want to look that oh. up, I'm sure you'd find that pretty fast.
2: That is intense. That is intense. Um, my first one is called. It's called is is how to treat frostbite. If you're out there in the snow, in the cold, the winter, maybe you're wintertime backpacker, trekker. Okay. I don't know, whatever. What would you do if, let's say you're, I don't know, let's say you're hiking with a buddy. I don't know, one buddy. Maybe it's me. Not in the wintertime. You're afraid of the cold, right? <laughs> you're.
1: I don't know, am I? Uh, you're out there in the cold, frostbite, you get it. So you're talking like legit frostbite, not frost nip, correct? Like not this frost is, nip. The damage has been done. Right. So this is frost. So I'll just we'll characterize it by this. So
2: it's characterized by white, waxy skin, feels numb and hard. Okay. And
1: then if it—that's like, I think that's before the frostbite has set in, right?
2: That's that's light frostbite. If it gets if it okay. gets severe, then it's going to turn bluish black. You know, like you've seen on TV right. stuff. So that's like severe. Right. And then beyond that, it's like gangrene and you're kind of toast. But
1: Yeah, so I think you want yeah. to, I mean, if there, if you can try to get the blood flowing in that extremity, then mm-hmm. you got to do that. How would you, what would you do for that? Anything where you can, like, it's it's all about getting the blood flowing and slowly warming it up. So if you mm-hmm. have a fire, go, like let's say you get a fire going, you can't put it like right next to the fire right away. You've got to like slowly expose it to warm it up. It's not like you can't do it immediately, I believe. Mm-hmm and just covering it in something dry until you can see a physician.
2: No, that's a good answer, dude. I think that's, you hit all the hot spots. I think when uh, you get frostbite, assuming you're, like if you, let's say you fell in a river or something like that, obviously you're going to strip down and try to get warm. But if you aren't, if you aren't wet and you have frostbite from like maybe your toes, or your fingers, you definitely, things you don't want to do are rub that area with your hands. You don't want to rub okay. the frosted area. You want... Um, you don't want... That's like your natural reaction is to rub It the is. Air. It is. That's probably the hard thing. It yeah. makes it worse. So you want to right. avoid direct heat. So don't put like a hot water bottle on it. You know, don't put it right in front of the fire. Right. That's... Or heating pad. That's a bad thing. So you want to... Um, like you were saying, slowly warm it. Keep it dry. You got to take your time with it. As, as annoying as that probably is.
1: Not too shabby, buddy. Yeah, I'll i'll take the win on that one uh (laughs) altitude sickness is my second one all right so Mm. this is something that you know is is pretty is a common issue maybe not like full-on sickness but issues with altitude i'd say for for people such as yourself the flatlanders that are rising up to elevation to go into the mountains and we i don't think we talked about this Mm. hardly at all on our podcast so it's interesting this is the first time it's coming up but I did learn some things and in looking at this. So what, yeah. what do you do when you've got somebody who's serious? Like, like let's pretend that, I, that you're me. You're hiking up a mountain, and there's somebody named mm-hmm. Derek lagging behind who's just struggling mm-hmm. with the altitude. Very rare to happen, but very right. rare. I can only think of that really happening once, and you were not willing to accept help. I wasn't
2: willing to accept help? What are you talking about?
1: On the, on the death march? No, it was, we were in Colorado and we were going to the Maroon Bells Wilderness and we had a oh, big, we didn't have a long first day in terms of mileage, but we had a big first day in terms of elevation and you were not feeling the best oh, right, right, right. and you were going very slow and I couldn't tell if it was altitude or if you just were, you know, if it's fitness or what, or whatever. You know what I think it was? Um, the altitude, I think, and I think, I want to say, like, I
2: just didn't get enough Food nourishment to me, or maybe not enough okay. water, because I felt really yeah. lightheaded, dizzy, um, and I knew you know I could see you guys at camp on the downhill, and then one, I was like, once I make it to camp, I know I just need to. But that wasn't the issue; was Get more the uphill.
1: As clouds me. are rolling in, and I'm waiting for you. I'm mm-hmm. like, let me take some of your gear, and you're like, no, 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 I'm fine. My leg just hurts a little bit. I was like, that's fine, mm-hmm. and you're like, yeah, don't don't worry about the lightning that's coming. I mean, we're only going over a twelve thousand foot plus pass. <laughs> like, ignore that. Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? I didn't. I, maybe I didn't realize how slow I was going. Maybe that was. A problem. I mean, I've seen slower, but. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> I was more concerned about the clouds coming in. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. All right. That's sorry. True. Sorry. That was kind of side side rabbit hole there. So, what do you? So, I don't think we did what we should have done in that situation. What sh, What are some? What could we do about that? For the altitude. Yeah. Like, let's say it was more severe than what you experienced.
2: And I'm like throwing up and whatnot.
1: Or yeah, or like. Borderline, you know, you're just struggling. You're feeling lightheaded. You're just you're labored oh. breathing. My first instinct is to like drink some water,
2: and and relax and just sit down because I think you know if you, okay, um, the times that that's happened to me, I think when I take a break and either get a little water, a lot of water in me, and then a little bit of food, that does so much. I think, um, immediately for me. I think that'd be step one. And then step two would be, yeah, you know what? You need to maybe lighten your load and have people carry it at least till you get to camp where you can get to camp and like relax and maybe sleep and
1: adjust to the, how far are we from camp? Are we pretty far? Are we pretty close? You know, And that's part of the issue. I, for me, it's not, I don't really care about how far we are from camp because mm-hmm. if you just camp there or whatever, it's fine. Right. If we're climbing over a mountain or a mountain pass, how close are we to the top is, is more my that's question. That's true. That's right? true. If we're almost there, and it's not super severe mm-hmm. then i i probably would just try to push on and help the person by carrying their gear and just right. go for it i think it's you kind of yeah. got to judge it too it's like are you
2: past the halfway point are you right. almost to the top are you or whatever um because I, I remember when we were going over red peak on the death march i i wasn't feeling altitude at all but i was i was slow but poor nolton was like yeah. behind me throwing up his gatorade right and I was like, dude, is he gonna make it? And he was—he so, had the altitude thing going on, but he powered through,
1: and we made it down the right. hill. But um... so the book outlines five, like illnesses dealing with altitude, like mild, acute mountain sickness, moderate, and then high altitude cerebral edema, and it kind of gets worse from there. But if you look at the treatments, they're all one word: descend, descend. So. You get to lower elevation, you're mm-hmm. likely going to feel better. And that's why I say if you're close, you may want to go for it, but you got to make right. that call or the leader's got to make that call in that situation. But yeah. one thing that I did pull that I thought was interesting was it it says that mm-hmm. when you're hiking above 10,000 feet, yeah. and you, you're you going to want to sleep at an altitude mm-hmm. that's no higher than 1,000 feet higher right. than the night before. Right, right, right. Does that make sense? So it, let's say you sleep at 10,000 feet. The next night, night two, you don't want to sleep higher than 11,000 feet, okay? And so that is actually something that I think we were pretty good at, is we don't typically, like, increase by that much elevation, especially above 10,000. I mean, we might go from, like, 5 to 8, right? But then it's that above 10,000 feet line that kind of really starts to cause some problems. Not that we did that intentionally, but I think by unintentionally we've actually followed that rule of thumb. I'd say for the most part we're pretty good with that. Yeah, you know. like you struggled that first day, but then, and maybe had some slower moments on some of the steep stuff, like the second day had some pretty rough, like everybody had a hard time with it, And but I don't think you were struggling with altitude sickness the second day. Uh, no, not at all. So, I think you're fine. Anyway. That was good. So, that was my second one. What was your second one?
2: My second one is how to survive an avalanche, if you're in okay. the
1: snow. So, you're going like all winter, is that correct? No
2: i've only done two i got a right. third that has yeah, nothing to do we got frostbite
1: and we got avalanche i got an
2: animal one you want me to do I mean, okay you mean, well i make okay? sure. avalanche avalanche all right so you tell me snow can't fall if you're a winter hiker yeah <laughs> I mean, what do you? You, you know, I'm you, you talk
1: about all these big, you know, you can hike all year round. So look, here we go. This is it, right? And you in last episode, you're talking about you're afraid of winter mosquitoes. So there you go.
2: No winter mosquitoes. <laughs> That's
1: not what I was talking about. That and is what I'm talking like, about, and we have a whole episode to prove that. <laughs> I'm just saying a majority of people go in the summer, and if you go in the summer, <laughs> okay. So you're so a majority of people go in the summer. So in our next episode, I'm going to focus on winter issues.
2: You know what? I love that you want to pick it apart. That's fine. I can hear your, your phone chiming in the background. You want to put that on silent? Thanks. Yeah, sorry. Even though Every I ruffle we, papers, somebody else...
1: Like 70% else... of the time we podcast, Rocky texts. Guy,
2: did, so. did you hear you hear this, from guys? I mean, he's leaving his phone on loud in the middle of the session. I don't get it. <laughs> Almost as bad as the shuffling papers. I get
1: yelled up for crumpling papers, but he can have text messages. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> double standard B&B. Okay. Double standard. All right, uh, so go, anyway, okay. so Avalanche, you want to get a Avalanche. Is it like a locator beacon? the lo- no 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 we we touched on this before in a previous episode yes there are the
2: locator beacons
1: and let's say you don't have that okay so you're unprepared and you have an avalanche falling you okay so i think that if you're like you know assuming that you can move your limbs and such you you have to if you don't know which way is up you have to like drool or spit to see where which way the you know the saliva goes and so that way you can know which way is up and down and then you dig up <laughs> that's if, uh-huh. you, if i don't have any other specialized gear that's that's all i got okay so what if you're like is
2: you're like partially buried um how are you going to get out without making it worse for yourself like you're you're half of you's buried half of you's not
1: oh like you got to dig your legs out or like what? what do you dig out first or how do you dig out kind of a thing yeah without making it worse. So, so so and I have not I don't have much experience in this so I don't know is is there a situation where if I don't dig out correctly, I could fall deeper into the snow is that what you're saying? I mean maybe
2: yeah make okay. it,
1: maybe make it worse. I would just just try to dig my legs out and then try to like almost kind of like you're getting out of quicksand just kind of make a larger surface area with my body as I get out of the avalanche zone and try to kind of scooch out. It's not bad. that's not bad I'm, okay. let's say let's say the snow's
2: not very, uh, you know, mushy it's like super powdery let's say all this fresh powdery snow comes on top of you and you're trying to get out of there so what what they suggest is like you know if you're partially buried just dig your way out using your hands and kicking use your hands and kick at the same time and try to use like a uh kind of like a freestyle swimming motion to get out um rather than just like i'm just gonna shovel snow out from in front of me and you know hope that helps so for you know, for obviously you want the beacon. If you don't have the beacon, um, you got to figure out which way is up, and then you want to dig as best you can up. I think the most difficult thing though would be, let's say you're completely buried and you're upside down. The thing is, the scary part is you just don't know. Is there two feet of snow above me? Is there like 20 feet of snow above me? Like I don't know. You know what I mean? So.
1: Yeah, I've only, I'm trying to think. I've only been in one situation where that was even a possibility, and so probably good to know. But yeah. Okay. So we, we kind of, as we were going through these, we were, we realized we both, even though there's a million scenarios here, we, we both came up with lost in the desert. So we're not gonna, we're not gonna do that one since we both kind of prep for that one. So we're gonna skip that one. So I'm going to throw one at you that I, that was uh, put out there by somebody was put out by a person on Facebook and kind of what would you do with this? And so it has to do with injury where they were hiking at nighttime and I believe they had either no light source or Or it was a weak light source, and so they couldn't see. And that, like, the trail Mm -hmm. was littered with sticks. And they did one of those things where, like, they step on one end of the stick, and it pokes the stick up. Mm -hmm. And they had a huge gash in their calf. Okay. And so, from what I understand, that the trail might be littered with more of these sticks, and your light source is not trustworthy. So you've got to decide: Are you gonna? Would you try to treat the wound and wait till morning? You know, like let's say it's eight hours away, so you had some natural light, or are you gonna try to just? After, do it. I have a headlamp? I mean, can I use my headlamp? That's what I'm saying. Is he either didn't have one or it wasn't, you know, like it was not shedding enough light for him to avoid these obstacles.
2: That's tough. That is tough. Yeah. Um,
1: and, and we'll assume the gash is like stitches worthy.
2: Uh, I feel like I'd want to address the cut because okay. I, I don't know. I, I guess I, when I have like when you have something that bad, like I feel like I'd want to attend right. to it right away for a number of reasons. Like, one, obviously, you don't want it to get worse. Like, if I'm, I obviously don't want to get poked again and have then they'll like have two or three cuts and then I'm in a real pickle. Um, right. can, can, what animals can smell my blood, you know, if it's that bad? I'm just like gushing blood all over my leg and stuff. Um, yeah. so I think I'd,
1: I'd try to maybe just sit where I'm at,
2: you know, which might
1: not be, which is what he did and he's, he was fine. He survived. He probably has a massive scar now, but right. Yeah. Okay. I think I would go for it. I think I would try to use his butterfly bandages to, to kind hold of hold it together. Yeah, hold together. In these books, actually talks about how to how to you know stitch yourself up. Mm. I don't know that I would be prepared for that. I would, I'd be fine to have somebody else do that, but I don't think I'd personally be prepared for that. It'd so. be hard. I, I, so I'll I'll give you a
2: quick stitch story. I I had the little skin cancer. I think I mentioned on one of the previous podcasts. The guy stitched up my shoulder, and I was like, yeah. I want to watch you do it. So he was showing mm. me while I was doing it, and I was like, Man, this is really insane. I think I could do it, but man, without numbing, anesthetic, or whatever you want to call it, it would be
1: horrible. It would be yeah. so... It would be horrible. Because um, right. he's yanking and pulling and... Well, and there's some areas that are more sensitive than others, right? So it depends on the area. True, yeah. If it's like a leg or like an arm, maybe you could top that right. out. But depending on where it is, man, um,
2: yeah, it won't be enjoyable. But Would you stitch me up if I asked you to? I would do it, but I'd have to use like parachute cord. You know, so I'm gonna have to
1: use some big, whole. No, I think uh, <laughs> so you're. You're like we have something that could work, but let's use the thicker stuff.
2: I have rope.
1: Uh, no, I would. I would, oh, would stitch you up. I think. I, I think I would okay. do. I think I could do a pretty good job, actually. I think I've seen. Yeah, it. from what I read, it's all about the preparation and making sure the area is clean and running water over the area multiple times, right. and irrigating it. Right.
2: Especially when you're out there. You're not in some like, you know, hospital room where you can like cauterize the wound. But you're probably gonna have a lot more bleeding, that's for sure. Oh yeah. Um than you would. Because they they would like cauterize my skin so it's not bleeding. I didn't have any bleeding really. Right. So uh, but yeah, if you can if you can tough it through, the
1: main thing is to get that skin together and then keep going. Right. Well, let's try that next time. Next time we have an issue, we'll just you know, whether it's stitches worthy or not, we'll just we'll just go for it.
2: All right. My final one is uh, how to jump from a bridge or cliff into a river oh i did not see this one we could tandem this with you know oh i was being chased by wolves and i'm right. like oh my gosh i gotta jump into the or you but know, let's you be honest
1: like there. our guys would just do that anyway we probably would just for fun yeah
2: or whatever so so is it like
1: a rate like white water are we talking about let's say it's a pretty big river but you don't know okay.
2: you don't know how deep it is but you gotta jump
1: I think I shared with you last season about this show that was on. It was like Ultimate Survival mm-hmm. Alaska. The the Ursat guy was on that show, Grady, Grady Powell, and this they had to do this kind of stuff right. all the time. They're like, we have to cross this river. Okay, let's throw our packs down yeah. and jump in like whitewater. And I was like, is there? I wonder what their insurance is like on this show because it wasn't. St- like, it was just like legit danger. I mean, they had helmets, I guess, but other than that, it was just they were jumping in and. I don't know if I would have been up for all that stuff, but if, you know, worse came to worse and you had to go for it, get Mm -hmm. the pack of wolves coming behind you. If it's moved like, like a river, not a stream, but a river and it's moving. I think you got to jump in areas that you can, if there's any clear spots or less rapids, there's Mm going to be fewer rocks there. So I would jump feet first in, um, I would have my backpack off. So throw my backpack in first and then just jump after it. Any, any particular way you would want to jump at all or no? besides feet first yeah uh i don't know what else like you say <laughs> uh not dive <laughs> I'm, just, I'm
2: just asking there's a couple of things i mean feet first definitely you don't want to go head first um so if you're jumping from something like that into the water and they teach you this in like when i was training to be a lifeguard they teach you this stuff too when you are trying to jump and you don't want to go deep you want to spread your arms and like sit down almost? No, no don't do that so you want to jump in feet okay. first. Like, Let's say the cliff is like 50 feet, 40 feet, 20 feet, right? yeah. Oh, you don't want okay. to sit because then you're going to get some gnarly bruising on your legs, right? So when you jump right. and you hit the water feet first, the second you hit that water, you want to fan out your arms and legs and start moving them up and down because it's supposed to slow you from descending slow. deeper into the water, right? And you just don't know what's down there. So Interesting. The second okay. thing they... Uh, they recommend is that you you want to clench your butt together because if you don't, you could get some gnarly internal damage if water
1: shoots up, you know, the back door. Even with like pants on and stuff. Everything, yeah, for sure. The water's gonna go that fast through layers of clothing. It's insane, dude. Yeah, I would not even think about that. I know most people don't. So you okay. can cross your
2: legs, you can clench your bum, you can cover your your growing area. Um, and then, you know, as soon as you get that water, start moving your legs and your arms uh, side to side to help
1: yourself Okay, out. so as you are getting chased by scary animals, mm-hmm. you jump off the cliff. Are you mindful of that, you think? I think, well, it
2: depends who you are. I, 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 I kind of think I do it instinctually because I've done a lot of cliff jumping and and cliff diving okay. um, back in the day. All right and so i might maybe go that way but if you just jump off a cliff most people are, aren't thinking and if it's a river i'll be honest with you if it's a river and it's moving water it might be a little bit softer than like a lake which would be like hitting right. you know something really hard so that okay. that is a bonus um but i think the danger with the river is like you just don't know how deep it is so you want to try and make yourself
1: as shallow right. as possible but um okay. clench
2: that clinch that cheeks those cheeks you know what i
1: mean which of these scenarios are we most likely to encounter in the near future? Do you think I could see the river one happening <laughs> if we were being, but I don't think I don't fifty feet up. You, th-
2: you could see us do a fifty foot jump. I, no, right? I don't think that. No way. I think I could see us doing something like okay. that for fun. I don't see the avalanche happening. I don't think we hike in those types of areas, yep. thankfully, or that late in the year. Um, potentially, frostbite's always yep. a potential. But your cut one, and I could see the cut one maybe. Yeah, if we do something stupid. You know, because sometimes yep. we'll go off trail, and like there's that one year we descended down this big old, you know, cliffy mountain thing. I mean, something easily, <laughs> something easily could happen cliffy there. Cliffy mountain. Cliffy thing. mountain
1: is that a thing? People have their own versions of their worst case scenarios, and these are just a handful that we came up with. But yeah, most of them, I don't know if we hit ones that are necessary. Some of them might be more common than others, but I do have a bonus one from the weird junior edition. Mm. Okay. So if you. They, they, they kind of give you like a little bit of a gear list for what to do if you were going to be time traveling. Like, let's say you're going back <laughs> in time, traveling. 1800s, okay. maybe experience a time slip. What kind of gear should you have on you, Derek? If, okay. If I'm time traveling in the 1800s. Yeah.
2: The-
1: it's going to be like three things, three things you should bring with you. Um, fresh pair of underwear. <laughs> uh, no, let's see. Time travel. I think, uh, would you, would you clench during the time traveling experience? I feel like that's always a safe thing. Okay, it's
2: not never bad to clench. Okay, we should add clench. Yeah, All right. I, I'd say clench. Maybe close my eyes because it's gonna be so bright somehow. Um, and mm. then maybe I'm just gonna say bring like a bottle of water. You never know where you're gonna land. I don't
1: know where they. Where am I gonna okay. be deposited? You know. Yeah. All right. You are prepared. You've arrived in the 1800s, and you've got a bottle of water. You're ready a to bottle go. Bottle of water and maybe like a you know. Maybe a Kind Bar. That's about <laughs> it. <laughs> the rest uh, I'll figure out. You're actually close on a couple. They mentioned bringing snacks because you don't know what food access you're going to have. And right. then a water purifier because their purification methods were Ooh, kind of lacking back then. That's
2: a great one to
1: have, yeah. Right. Well, so, But not the Sawyer Micro, of course. That's And that's more of a filter anyway. But yeah, they it. also mentioned a first aid kit because, again, medical stuff lacking. But the one that I liked the best was because the currency looked different, the universal mm. currency, if you got some, bring some gold. Hmm. So, gold. Yeah. That's a good and one. So if you or anybody you know is concerned about just time traveling or experiencing a sudden time slip, maybe yeah. these are just good things to have on you.
2: That is. That is, you know, um, just carry some gold around with me on the next trail. and uh, Right, you never know. Yeah. Never know. We'll just
1: have to be on the trail. This was in the junior edition, and it was enjoyable. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. You have anything else for him the? Orsica I'm scenario? good. That's
2: Mission all I got today. Um, other than okay. trivia later. Um. The
0: 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history, designed by John Browning. The 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911, and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out midwayusa.com.
2: Right. Uh all right man, you ready for some trivia? We made this uh survival related. We got some easy ones, we got some challenging ones. I made it multiple choice for you, okay? Okay. To make you. it a little bit less subjective. So
1: that does not make it less objective. You could have ridiculous answers. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: So we got some... We'll, we'll start easy. We'll start easy. Um, so let's just... Yeah, okay. So question number one, you're stranded in the mountains.
1: Okay, stranded.
2: Um, you're stranded, yeah. You don't really have much on you. Okay. Um, and you need to survive for maybe like a, a night or two before gotcha. help comes. What are What's the first steps you're going to take? Are you going to... Okay play cards to keep your mind busy are you going to find shelter and stay dry uh, maybe you're in the snow and you dig a snow grave or whatever uh, or, or are you going to strip down and burn your clothes to stay warm which uh, Which one do you think is different burn your clothes
1: the highly flammable <laughs> cotton <laughs> there's no wood anywhere I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> uh the woodless mountains were above treeline i suppose and no no possibility of descending you're in the grasslands of north dakota i don't know i'm kidding i don't know where all the mountains are you're you're in the you know you're in the mountains you're in the mountains normal mountains what do you do okay normal mountains i'm starting with the easiest one just to make sure you're focused well let's be honest derek if this is you you're playing the cards right well, yeah. You're busting out solitaire. Regardless of whether that's the best option or not, that's what you're doing. I'm practicing my magic tricks. That's what I'm doing. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Who would do magic tricks, like, in the middle of it? A- <laughs> <laughs> ha You know, you can yeah. practice on the animals. Find shelter, stay dry, of course. All right. What if you were in the snow? Like, what would you do? Find shelter, stay dry. You know, what, how would you get shelter in the snow? You What's one do- then that's, that's actually another scenario, is building a, a snow cave. You call it a snow grave. Snow cave. We're not going to. I'm not going to go through vouch. the process. Can, if there's snow there, you can build a snow cave. You can uh, yeah. build a lean-to if you're in any reasonable mountain range with with wood and down limbs and Fair such. And Fair I will say the snow grave does work. Yeah, having done it in Antarctica, okay. it I was warm, right? Not
2: not chilly. There's either. a lot
1: that there's a lot more information I need to, to give you more specifics, but true. All right, true. There's a little, yeah. Next one, which number two. Next one.
2: Uh, light. There's lightning in an open field. Mm. Do you? squat down, do you stand under a tree, Okay. or do you find, uh, I'm sorry, do you jump into a lake or river? Mm. Do you go find a river or
1: lake and jump into it? What I want do? to say oh. that this is the third time that we've gone over this scenario on our podcast. Then you should get this. I'm going to say third one. You should third get one. this. Listeners can confirm. Go jump in a lake third or river. Third time we mentioned this. Squat down? Squat down on the field?
2: Squat down. But... Don't squat on your hands and knees. Don't get in the fetal okay.
1: position like Carl did, okay? <laughs> you want to limit the amount of body touching the fetal ground. Fetal position. I, last time we had this opportunity, I think I charged towards the lightning. It's probably true. Um, Not smart.
2: Yeah, just just squat down only on your, using your feet. Try to keep everything else off okay. the ground. Less body on the ground, the better. Number three, let's, let's, you're going to okay. pick two of these, okay? Uh, you encounter a mountain lion while you're out on the trail. Do you A, run... Do you, B, crouch down low to be submissive? Do you, C, open your coat and look bigger? (laughs) Or do you, D, throw rocks? Which Uh, two?
1: Definitely the look bigger. I'd open my coat, have my backpack on, wave my arms, and then as I'm waving my arms, I'd check some rocks. Okay, that's fair. C and D is correct. I got two more. They're kind of fun ones, though.
2: They're, they they okay. have to do with animals so maybe you'd see this outdoors probably not okay <laughs> you are outdoors i don't know where you are maybe you're hiking in spain you know maybe you're over there and all of a sudden this bowl comes out of nowhere and it starts charging right at you yes do you run do you run away straight do you run away in a figure
1: eight or zigzag not figure eight zigzag <laughs> like figure or or do you take off your shirt like is your shirt red, and you're like trying to use it as the flag to like ole, the bull. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay, depends what you wore that day. Uh, I I actually if, I don't know why I know this, but I'm pretty sure it's the zigzag thing because they have a hard time kind of going back and forth. I mean, you can do that.
2: It, it recommends taking off your shirt, whatever color it is, and dangling it in front of them like the like the thing, but then throwing it to the side so it distracts them, and they use kind of like in Jurassic Park. Like with the flare, Yeah,
1: kind of like that. Like it's over here, it's over here. Exactly. You know, get him the, focused the on woods. the
2: shirt and then throw it and then have him focus on that.
1: Okay. And then you
2: just peace out. Uh, okay, final question. You're doing good. Four for four. Yeah. i proud of you. Nice. I don't know if you're going to get this one though. You uh, are out in the swamps of Florida and you encounter an alligator and he grabs you, Carl. Mm. Carl, he grabs you and he starts to wrestle you in that death roll.
1: Like he's grabbing with his little arms is what you're saying. He's
2: grabbing you maybe with part of his teeth. Maybe he didn't okay. grab your full leg, but maybe he like grabbed your jacket and he's got you. Like he's not letting go. Okay. Yep. How, do you? How do? You, how would you get away? Would you uh, poke him in the eye? Would you hit him and hit him on the snout, or would you tickle him under the chin? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh when I just like let them have my jacket and then just kind (laughs) of maybe you zipped it up. Maybe you zipped it up. You can't get out. Maybe it's an Eddie Bauer. Zipper stuck. It's like a sleeping bag zipper where you just can't get it to go. That's that's true too. And maybe it's a North face and you're like, I'm not getting rid of this thing. Forgot it. (laughs) Got this on sale. Or it's it's a really expensive jacket and you're like, do I really want to lose this jacket? (laughs) Worth it. Let's fight. I can probably stitch the holes shut with, with parachute cord. (laughs) <laughs> um i so it's, uh, it's I poke say, eye ex- hit snout or tickle chin. i want to I say i would i'd probably jam it in the eye and get pretty aggressive with how hard i did that um i don't i don't think it's a bad thing i i, I might even do myself
2: they they recommend okay. hitting the top of the snout because you normally the reaction is to let go yeah. if you hit something on top of the snout so okay maybe try that gotcha. and then poke him in the eye or jam a stick up his nose or something you know but uh it's not bad. <laughs> I'll give you a four out of five All right, for that Thank buddy. you. Pass. There's good pass. good ones. Thank you. That was
1: good. Before we go, my friend, we got some tidbits though.
2: Tid it. Tid it and bit it.
1: Alright. So with the the gear list episode, we kinda of, you know, we're kind of tearing apart some stuff. And I was poking fun at the backcountry.com one. Mentioned they had the saw.
2: Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm.
1: Would you believe that we had some listener feedback about the saw? No. I, I mean, I do believe it, yeah. Okay. So, so Yuri, Yuri, thank you for the video. He says that he takes like a backcountry saw with him wherever he goes. Hmm. He wants to chop up those limbs to make the fire just that much more easier to kind of set up and to burn and to hmm. Yeah, like it's just a useful tool in his world. Like that is worth the extra weight. Like that's a luxury item he's willing to bring. And so if that makes you have a better experience out there, Yuri, I say keep bringing the saw, but I don't want to bring a saw, Derek. As Carl would say, Yuri, Yuri, his hero. Uh, That's a
2: bad joke. and That's what Carl says. I I think that's a good idea. (laughs) Luxury items are always
1: fun if you can handle it. So good on you. I'd say keep it going. And who are we to say, you know, what our luxury items are better than anybody else's? If, if, if there's certain luxury items you like to bring, you know, they want to bring that pair of jeans. They just think that <laughs> it's comfortable jeans. around camp, and that's their luxury item. Awesome if they can pack it in. Ladies, ladies, you want to bring the high heels? Bring the high heels. It's not. It's not my. <laughs> it's not my call. I'm not. You know? I'm not likening the saw to the high heels. I'm just saying luxury items in general. You know, one of our guys, Jared. He he basically said, look, if I can carry it, and I want to bring my own tent, like. And I'm not, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm carrying my fair share of group gear, then sure. why would you have a problem with that? Boom. And he is correct in that.
2: I, I would agree with that, you know. If Carl wants to bring, you know, snow boots on a desert trip, let him
1: do it. It's
2: up to him. <laughs> not, I'm not going to twist his arm.
1: So. All right. So anyway, thank you, Yuri, and power to your saw. but I don't think he did enough there to convince me to bring one on my own trip. So I, don't know. Yeah, I, don't so, know uh, I mentioned Steve earlier, he ran out mm-hmm. of water on his big hike in colorado last summer and he i think he did like 32 miles and he did 32 miles with a long stretch of that water wow that's a big day steve and i want to yeah give Mm. us a big better update there throw us like a a facebook post or email or something tell us how that went because it's like aside from the water thing the, the debacle there like 32 miles is a massive day so for anybody out there who had their big days whether it's 32 miles or you know for derek that's four miles like awesome good job
2: yeah, hilarious. Uh, I'm not gonna hilarious. react to that. I'm
1: gonna rise above. I'm okay. 32 though, that's impressive. No, that's that's big. Yeah, time. that is huge. Um, so, yeah. And speaking of that, we put out this past week the FKT fastest in the time, the death hike video. Mm. And I will, I have that in the in the show notes here. It's linked if you are interested in watching it. Yeah. Have I actually? Yeah, I've gotten some good feedback, and I realized something though. Is that even like some of the guys that are or the two guys that are in the video? Yeah. Uh, one of them watched it and did not leave like a thumbs up or any sort of comment. Unacceptable. And I just thought it, you know, like it's nice if they if they put like click just the click it up guys button, right? just just smash just that it. like. And button. I re- no, I realized I'm like I think I gotta ask. Maybe you do. I thought it was just kind of you know like kind of assume like hey if you like it maybe give it a thumbs up help support yeah the, you know give us some positive stuff yeah. there, but. If you could leave a comment, whether you like it or not, if you end up watching it, or you're like, I got through 25 seconds and was bored out of my mind, <laughs> like whatever, just <laughs> whatever you want. Like, I don't think you will, but if you can give us any feedback, we would appreciate that. I am happy to accept encouragement or criticism. I'm open uh, Look, to
2: and that. guys, I'll deal with the tears in the aftermath. That's my job. Okay.
1: You guys just be honest with There's them. There's no tears.
2: Smash that like
1: button. No t- give it a look. And uh, I'll take care of the rest. Derek was the Derek was the one that had the big had the most criticism for the, for the or critique I should say for the video. And I think I took it well. I, I, I listened and you did adapted. You so
2: did. overall, it was enjoyable. Overall, I really
1: liked it though. I yeah. think everybody else will enjoy it as well. The only um, thing, well, yeah, there's other things that can make it better for sure. But if you were yeah. along, I think it would have been pretty awesome too. Yeah, well, it's
2: it's always gonna be awesome if I'm there.
1: But I will say, you guys <laughs> powered through a trip that I. Had no desire to do. Right. Right. But um, some more power to you guys. So. Yep. I got one more. One last one. It's a quick one. I don't know if it's a good idea or not, but I started a Twitter account for Backpacking and Blisters, and oh I'm still learning, like, I don't know what I'm doing as far as just, like, how to gain followers or this and that or what I'm supposed to do. We've got yeah. three followers, Derek, on the Twitter Huge. account. <laughs> Huge. <laughs> so if you're on Twitter... <laughs> If you could follow the Backpacking Blisters, I'll, I'll put that I have that in the show notes as well. I would love to follow yeah. you guys back and see what you guys are up to as well, and hopefully Derek will get on there too. Carl's got to give me the password, but I'll do it. Um, that sounds good, guys. <laughs> uh,
2: that'll do it for us today, guys. Thank you again for all the support. Uh, shoot us a review. Five stars always helps. Everything in the podcast world. And remember, guys, if uh, Carl starts singing on the trail he's definitely got altitude
1: sickness we'll see it. i want to fly around the world
2: so guys uh, there was another uh, worst case scenario that i've i've come across every single trip with carl um, and it's it's the scenario of how to not for carl not for anybody else but it's how to not poke your eye with a fork while eating and this it, it has become a problem with carl like he, he he can't find his mouth sometimes you know when he's tired he, just, he starts randomly throwing that fork all over the place so i i solved the problem guys i just you know got him a couple eye patches so he eats with two eye patches and he eats blind and then we we take him off and then uh, he's good to go so it's kind of like i call it the uh the muzzle of Carl. Carl's muzzle. That's what it is.
0: Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern, presented by Abyss Battery. Waypoint TV.
1: Oh, my God! Ah! <laughs> oh, every
2: once in a while to go with like just full blown redneck on these fish. This is like high tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white
0: sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chase in the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on
2: Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.